0: It's here. Diamonds Direct's legendary summer ring event. Extra savings on virtually every ring in the store. All wedding bands. On sale. All eternity bands. On sale. All colored gemstone rings. On sale. Plus thousands and thousands of engagement ring settings. On sale for this incredible event. Lowest prices plus special financing up to 48 months. Ring designers are here too with trunk loads of new ring styles. All on sale. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at Diamonds Direct at The Domain. From the UBO Business Services Studios, you're listening to KTXX FM and One. HD- BK, KTAEAM Eldon, K270CO, Round Rock. It's the final countdown. It's the Pluckers' countdown to Longhorn football. Texas opens the season at Maryland in
1: 27 days.
0: From your home for Texas Longhorn sports, The Horn, 1049 AM 1260, hornfm.com, and The Horn app guests on the horn appear courtesy of the Vaqueros Café and Cantina hotline. Vaqueros Café and Cantina is located on Highway 360, just south of West Bank Drive. The oh, boy can learn to be a man, growing up with a cane pole in his hand, like food Sitting down by the stream, but leads him to the corpus play. Give him a sack to please his mind. Give them quail well a few reasons to fly. Living in the city just ain't for me. I wanna go back to the country. And take me to Texas. I wanna go down that open road. And take me to Texas. I wanna see how far this country goes. And take me to Texas, I want to go down that open road, take me to Texas, I want to see how far this country goes, fill up your coffee cup, put the dog on the porch, and turn up your radio. This is the Outdoor Zone with DJ and Cody Ryan, live from the bunkhouse.
2: Welcome back. It's the Outdoor Zone live in the Bunkhouse going into our second hour. Today it's the number one outdoor show on radio. It's just an old tin shack on the back of the ranch. We call it home every Sunday morning right here on the Austin Radio Network, 104.9 The Horn, flagship station for UT Sports. Us guys here in the Bunkhouse, the Outdoor Zone We don't give in to that anti-gun crowd, the PETA terrorist or the Taliban. It's just how we roll here in the bunkhouse. Ride the trail with us all week online at theoutdoorzone.com, on our Facebook page, and on our iTunes. Uh, So, my name is TJ Graney. That's Cody Ryan. Beefsteak is not in the house, and Salt Dog is the one who gets here early, makes sure the gate gets open and the old potbelly stove gets fired up. Pour some water over the last week's coffee grinds and makes us some coffee. By the way, I found if you go down that way a little bit, there's an individual coffee maker. You know, one of those Keurigs. Somebody's got it sitting on their desk, and little coffee pods right there. I bet you, I bet you we could use that a little something something on Saturday <laughs> mornings. Anyway, so Salt Dogs, the man who makes it happen, glad he's here helping us out. Um, so. This week I'm doing my normal social media surfing and I come across this, um, post and it is this guy who's just trying to get likes on his Facebook page or on his Instagram or whatever it is. And, uh, and, but he's hammering 4-H. You got a little angry. fired up
3: about it, didn't you?
2: It pissed me off because it's, it. you know, one is, I, I don't want to give him a lot of credit, so we didn't post his Facebook page or anything anywhere. But what it really made me think of was, because I knew that Taylor, your sister, who is an FFA ag teacher here in Texas, I knew that she was at a, a, a symposium now where some of our friends, Steve Hall and a bunch of people were out and... And I mean, they're doing the good works for these kids. And and uh, one of the things about FFA and 4-H that I just love is that, uh, is that when your kid is involved in that stuff, you're involved with your kid. There's no way around it. You either you're either involved with your kid because you can, there's I mean, I all through high school there was going to the barn at two o'clock in the morning, going to find the animals, going to the shows. And, uh, and you're sitting in the barns and you're sitting in the show, show halls and all those things with your kid hanging out. And, uh, it's one of the coolest things, uh, ever. And the, and the programs in central Texas and across Texas are very healthy. They're, they're act, they're just, they're great. And, uh, anyway, so I thought I'd have her on the show and just talk some of the, some of the stuff. Yeah. They, they do hunter safety. They do, all that kind of stuff. And these are the kids that, uh, some of them are sitting on the back of their pickup truck. Some of them aren't, but they're learning the good lessons. And so Taylor Graney, thank you very much for calling in dear.
4: Good morning. Good, good morning.
2: morning. so what time you got to be at church this morning? What are you going to nine o'clock or something?
4: Nine o'clock. I got a lot to do today. I actually have off-site animals. I have to check this morning for a couple kids. So I got to get it done early this morning.
2: So part of your deal is you. When kids don't keep their animals at the school barn, you have to go to their homes and check on them and make sure the kids are taking care of them well. And if they need some doctoring, you help them with some of that.
4: Yes, yeah, sir. So we keep we have a fifty-one acre ag farm um, off site that. One, it's hard to believe that we have it because it's a big, big, big site for an FSA program. It's not very common for, obviously, a program to have that big of a facility. Um, But we have a lot of kids that live outside of the city limits that actually have access to either a barn at their house or a barn at their neighbor's, and that they can keep it at home and keep really good track of animals and make it a little bit harder on me because I have to drive around. But it's fun to go um, see their facilities and... It's just a different aspect of it that I don't think I really realized having in Austin um, how they can raise those animals at home and just wake up in the morning and go eat their goat and go to school.
2: <laughs> well, one of the things that – so I wanted to touch base on a few of the things that really uh come from being part of an FFA and a 4-H program, like leadership skills, knowledge of agriculture. And, you know, when I sent you that video – of that guy that was just hammering on 4-H, and uh, there was so much of that. You know, that was just a PR piece to try and get his numbers up, right. and um, because none of that's true. So, what are some of the what are some of the things that when a kid gets involved in a 4-H program or an FFA program, what are some of the things that you really focus on uh, as an instructor, as a teacher? Well,
4: and one of the things. Um, I went through maybe a minute of that video talking or going through and writing down things that he was wrong about, and it took about a minute to get a full page worth of notes. Um, (laughs) So it was pretty entertaining to listen to him speak, and I had uh, parents adding me in it or commenting on there like, Ms. G, what are you doing to our kids? Of course, like joking about it, but tagging me in it left and right, which you can't even find the video online anymore now, in case you were wondering. Uh, it's gone. So, um, but he had talked about a lot of different things, attacking the FFA and the 4-H program. Um, and one of our biggest, the, the motto for, uh, FFA is learning to do, doing to learn, earning to live, living to serve. And so our biggest thing is to teach these kids not only how to raise these animals at the end of the day, it's not about the money that you make or the banners that you earn from this it's that family aspect that you talk about of having the ability to do this as a family and working together and this is the the life of this animal is your responsibility and you have to wake up you know I have parents that are like we have to feed it twice a day every day I'm like yeah it's just like your child like you've got to feed it it has to eat it's got to have a workout plan it's got to be raised a specific way you know and it's it's really learning um, a big thing that I found being on the other side of it as the ag teacher and not the student is that you're really learning um, not only hard work, but how to be a winner and how to be a loser. Kids these days have a really hard time. We give them that participation ribbon and think, oh, okay, well, here's your ribbon for raising this goat. But At the end of the day, that's not teaching them anything to give everybody an award. Not everybody's going to win, and at some point you're going to lose. And the ability to understand how to lose and still um, get some sort of drive behind it instead of just throwing a fit and throwing the towel in is a big, big thing that I want to teach my kids. Um, And I want to teach them how to clean a pen, how to get their hands dirty. We've had kids in our ag mechanics classes that, get in for a week and then don't realize that they have to get their hands greasy and cut metal and put safety glasses on and they want out and they j- it's really hard to instill work ethic these days and ffa and 4-h does an amazing job of providing that ability to get that work ethic in and the mindset of i've got to work hard to make something happen um, and the kids that I have in our program, you see a dramatic change between the freshman that you see the first year between to the senior that you see as they graduate and hang their jackets up. Um, it's a major difference in those kids. And it's outstanding to watch them grow into those leaders that, um, I mean, lead our country. It's amazing to see how many people that you see in a leadership role that have been some sort of of involve, have some sort of involvement in FSA and 4-H as they're in high school or younger
2: it is so good to uh, today in so many ways to teach young people how to do exactly what you're talking about um, good sportsmanship work ethic um, another thing that you guys teach them is community service. I mean, there's a whole bunch of hard work and giving back to the community and to others and helping other people, uh, each other. And I mean, there's so many parts and pieces to this that, um, and you know, and and yeah, one of the things that that guy talked about was raising an animal. And I, I remember, you know, just about every time every animal you ever raised, when you know, at the end of the show season, when they loaded that animal up on the trailer and they were taking them to, uh, you know, to wherever they were taking them um, to butcher them or or whatever. I, I mean, come on, you you don't eat hamburger, you know? <laughs> yeah, mean.
4: and I and I have a hard time, and it's it's getting a little bit more, it's getting easier the more that I do it. Um, but I mean, my freshman year, I cried like a baby when Finny, my goat left and had to go onto the trailer it's not easy and that thing that i explained to the parents when we have our initial meeting talking about our program and what's expected is i don't want these animals to come back to the barn for this sole fact that these are market animals they're animals being raised and the way that you're raising them is to produce an animal that's going to produce the best amount of meat and the most amount of meat off of the carcass that you're given and so it's not a pet If you want a pet, you can go to the pet store. If you want a pet goat, you can go to uncle Billy's across the street and grab a goat from over there. But, um, you know, it's one of those things that you've got to understand how to break that understanding that it's not a pet and it's not a dog. It's not a cat. It's not a bird. You know, it's an animal that you've raised to produce meat, to feed somebody's family. Um. And so it's hard. It's for the especially for the first year. It's really, really hard to raise those animals and for the kids to understand that. But once they understand the concept, and he talks about well, you're breaking their ability to have feelings, and the kids are just become these, you know, horrible people that want to hurt everybody. You know, that's not the case at all. These kids are learning a valuable lesson of how to. Not necessarily disconnect, but understand that this is a business and this is how these things work and this is how farmers have to be to produce food for the world. This is a lot of them want to be vets and you can't be a vet that cries every time you put a dog down. You know, you have to be able to set that boundary of okay, this is now a job, this is my responsibility. Uh, It's going into any part of the world, you've got to be able to disconnect at some point and think of it from a business standpoint and not from an emotional standpoint, which a lot of people have a hard time doing.
2: And, and that's true. So so often people operate out of emotion and not by what needs to get done. I mean, when you go overseas, you go into a mission field, you do all kinds of things. There's times where you just can't allow yourself in a, in a situation. There's plenty of situations in our world right now where kids need to learn to just be able to step through hard things, to be able to do hard things and not just fall apart because it's difficult or because there's emotions involved. They got to learn to step through that stuff so we're running at the end of time on the segment uh taylor but i want how how can a parent get a kid involved how can they get more information on ffa and 4-h programs they just google it what's the best way to get information if they want to get their kid involved in one of these killer programs at the school level and and then that's then and then they start 4-h is real young ffa is a little bit older Right. right
4: Yeah, so uh, it kind of depends on your program. So, like, we have a junior program where kids, as long as they're eight years old and in third grade, they can be a part of our program, um, and they're just a junior member, but I really encourage at that young of an age for them to join a 4-H program. So everything 4-H is ran through Texas AgriLife Extension Services, Um, and so you can honestly just look up Texas AgriLife or 4-H programs near me. And they'll pull up a lot of that stuff. If you know your local extension agent, that you can speak to them about it. Um, Your extension services run help run the 4-H program as well. And so, getting a hold of them if your kids in a high school, um, your front office of that high school would know if the kids have an ag or if the school has an ag program. Um, So, contacting the high school, seeing if they have a junior member program, calling the extension office, seeing if they have a 4-H. Almost every single county in Texas is going to have a 4-H program. Um, there's going to be some opportunity for your kids to get involved, whether that's showing animals. It doesn't have to be showing animals. They've got a ton of other things that you can do. Uh, young farmers, they've got gardening programs, all kinds of stuff. So the Extension Office would be a perfect contact.
3: And, and Taylor, I do have to remind you, they do have, like you were saying, other programs like building stuff. I've built mm-hmm. projects, hunter and safety, been double grand oh, yes. champion. Oh reminds me
4: of your double grand champion. Double
3: grand champion. I won grand champion in both things I entered that year by building stuff. So, <laughs> yes, yeah, that's
0: after yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and uh, yes, double grand champion, Cody Ryan, and uh, and there's also uh, shooting sports. Uh, Oh yeah! Shooting sports are huge. Your kids can go through college doing shooting sports. So, thank you, Taylor Lee Grainy. We appreciate you calling in, sweet girl. Uh, We'll talk again soon, maybe later on this morning. Um, But thank you for filling us in. And hey, send me a couple of links. We can put up on the Outdoor Zone Facebook page so people can get more information. All
4: right, love y'all.
2: All All right, right, love you too. Hey, that was an incredible opportunity to get your kids involved in something different that's right any any kid can be a part of one of those programs go explore them i
3: don't even want to i don't even want to talk about it but we've got peter report up next and then our armed citizens report (laughs) following you get it only one place right here it's the outdoor zone live in the bunkhouse on 104.9 the horn and 24 7 365 at dot com.
0: Live and local all day. The Horn, with a Longhorns play and Austin talk Sports. Everybody.
2: This is your deer shooting, flounder, gigging, dub, blasting, hog and bass-catching, mountain-climbing, fly-fishing, four-wheeling, adrenaline-junkie Outdoor Zone radio show broadcast from the bunkhouse. Yeah, that's right. On 104.9 The Horn or 24-7-365 at theoutdoorzone.com. We just posted... Captain Gordon Taylor's contact on our Facebook page, so go there to catch up with him. If you want to go fishing and support our friends in Rockport on the coast, they need it. Go fishing. McBride's Gun, Central Texas family-owned and operated gun shop. Looking for ammunition? Every gun owner is. Need a referral for your personal carry class? They can help you with that. An experienced staff on hand to help you with every step of gun ownership. Looking for a youth model rifle or shotgun? Go where the staff is skilled and trained to help you make the right choice. McBride's Guns. You'll find McBride's in the same place they've been for years, the corner of 30th and Lamar. You can call them at 512-472-3532 or online at McBride's Guns. Com. McBride's Guns is our hometown gun shop. Now it's time for your PETA report. They are anti-hunting, anti-fishing, anti-meat, anti-you and your family's outdoor heritage. It's time for the Outdoor Zone's PETA report. Because we love animals, too. They taste great seeks life insurance policy on a man who eats a strict carnivore diet (laughs) they're trying to get a a life report a life policy on beefsteak
3: isn't that uh isn't that a uh a uh, atkins diet
2: (laughs) yeah right that's right pretty no bread no pasta no this is what PETA says this is from PETA. this is their little Uh, Spiel here. No bread, no pasta, no fruit, not a single veggie. That's the food regime of a New York City resident named Wally Waters who subscribes to a carnivore diet that is eating only animal flesh. I love it. But while he's dedicated to having no carbs and no fiber in the long run, he's probably eating his way to having no life or at least a very unhealthy one, which PETA gave, which gave PETA an idea about ways to save him and the animals he likes to eat. (laughs) PETA has contacted New York life insurance company to inquire about taking a life insurance policy out on water, waters, Walters. We'd like to its beneficiaries to be thinking. Whether or not Waters objects to our taking out a policy, we hope he will listen to our concerns and go vegan, thus sparing the lives of hundreds of animals a year and possibly (laughs) saving his own. If
3: that dude's eating hundreds of animals
2: a year. He's hogging the bacon,
3: Ah. (laughs) hogging the bacon. (laughs) That dude, (laughs) that dude has a serious
2: eating problem.
3: Hundreds of animals. I mean, one hog, you know, at a time.
2: So, this morning, I got up super early, like 5.30. Wait, who does the insurance policy beneficiary go well, to? Well, it's going to PETA, and they say it's going to help animals, but all they do is they take stray animals into their gas chamber at their headquarters they and kill nuke more them, animals and then they anybody. throw them in a dumpster.
3: They kill more of them than anybody. They do.
2: They they don't even have, like, 1% <sighs> survives. <sighs> they're just a money. You know, they're just money. Um uh, so this morning I got up at 5:30 and I took some chunks of animal flesh. Yeah. And I put them in a crock pot. Yeah. With some onion and some salt and pepper Ooh. and some garlic salt. Son. And it's going to be it's it's all mama needs to do is mix up a little gravy in there some something that this afternoon after church. I learned how to make gravy. Did you? Yeah, like real gravy. From grandma? Uh, well,
3: I was missing a key ingredient. I thought I learned flour, from grandma. No.
2: So you take a roux. You do. You got some roux. You had it made no. up already. So you got to make a roux. Oh, you got to make it. I thought you had it, had it from like passed down from generation to generation. No,
3: no, no. Roux all it is is grease and flour. Oh, I like it. So you you sizzle sizzle your piece of meats, right? Right. You, know? you got your meat. It's yeah. Sizzling away. It's sizzling and cast away. Down your
2: black cast down pan.
3: Right. Right. Then you then you flip that out of the pan, or you take it right on out of there. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like an old lady <laughs> with a very deep voice, and uh, so you take it out of the pan, right on you, out you of the pan. End. Yeah, that's right. And I can't, I can't not do it with you. <laughs> and uh, you got the grease, and so you, then you turn it down, way down. Oh yeah, you don't want that up high. No, you no, turn it. Up not, just way that's down. got to be down low. <laughs> so the grease. The grease in the pan, and you add the flour, just a little bit of flour at a time, flour. white flour, a little bit at a time, and you mix it, and mix it. it you and put mix too it. much
2: in there, it'll get lumpy. Yeah, you don't. No, you got a little at a time. But the key Low ingredient,
3: <laughs> the key <laughs> ingredient that I always forgot was, at that point, you got to put in milk. Oh, that's you got or right. chicken broth, or beef broth, or broth. You got to put in broth or milk. Oh no, I use only milk. Yeah, milk's best. Come on. Um, and that actually adding another liquid, aka milk, thickens it up. And there goes your that's your gravy for your roux.
1: <laughs> that's <laughs> now, all out good. roux, Come roux on.
3: is just the flour and grease. That's a roux. And in Louisiana, you start everything with the roux. Everything. Everything. You think you you think you're
2: gonna have oh, cornflakes? You, you got to have a little roux <laughs> on top of them cornflakes. You first start with a roux to make cornflakes. <laughs> yeah. what well, I mean to eat them cornflakes. So anyway, yeah. No, I. Oh my gosh. So Where are we going? later on today. Yeah, they're gonna be a nice. Yeah. Nice gravy, some delivered. animal flesh. Delivered. Delivered to my plate at my <laughs> table at my house. Come on. De- not delivered to my camper. I can't. My slide-in truck camper. So you took. Uh, so you took a water tank down oh, yeah. to the ranch because there's a shortage of water. It's out in the Rock Springs area, so. Right. Well, water's such a big deal, especially
3: this time of year. Uh, if you don't have a big pond or a creek, or they've dried up, water's such a big deal, and getting water around a ranch is not the easiest task. Right, you know, maybe some ranches have a uh, Guz- well, a well here or a well there, maybe a pond here or pond there. But uh, actually, putting water around a ranch that doesn't have year-round standing water, you know, is it's a big deal. Is a big deal, and so mm-hmm. um, the ranch already had. This is the in-laws' ranch in Rock Springs, and uh, my in-laws had some water troughs and some some stuff already uh, set up. But we put a new one out. This past week, and it was the first time that I'd been a part of assembling the entire thing. And uh, my father-in-law had this old trailer that was behind a shop that was upside down, rusted, uh, needed new axle, needed tires. Um, but it was basically the box and a small flat trailer with, a, uh, you know, with a tow hitch on it, no axle or any of that. So he got the he got the axle and bolted a, an axle on that he had off of something else. And I went and got the tires and got those fixed up and brought them over there, then finding the lug nuts to fit on the darn thing, you know. So got the tires put on it. And then yeah, one of those big plastic, two hundred seventy-five gallons is what they hold. Those big plastic square, square. And you see them
2: on tanks. trucks and trailers and stuff yeah, around. Yeah, they,
3: they actually have them for sale at the livestock, you know, tractor supplies and stuff oh, like that. Okay. So you can buy them, and it's just a big tank. Well, we retrofitted a fitting, or I did, uh, after standing in the aisles of plumbing departments for hours on huh. end. Uh, a, a fitting on, that goes on that tank and snails down all the way to a water hose size. So you can screw a water hose in it. And then, uh, so we screwed a water hose in it and ran that water hose straight to a uh, float that you put on the edge of a water tank. So when it's full, you know, the float kind of comes up and stops the water from coming in. And, uh, and so we filled the... Uh, so I got another trough, an actual trough, right, one of those metal troughs uh-huh. and ran the hose over to the float and screwed the other end of the hose into the float and it filled up the trough. And now they have 275 gallons plus uh, the 90-gallon trough that we filled up as well, and it'll continually supply that trough. Water to that part of the ranch near your deer stand yes
2: brilliant move and they
3: are guzzling that water i mean it's unbelievable how much water they're going through out there and how many more animals we're seeing on the result as a result this year no kidding yeah oh it's it's great it's the
2: Outdoor Zone. We're live in the bunkhouse. Got to take a break. On the flip side, we come back. We've got your Armed Citizen Report and more. You only get it one place, live in the bunkhouse every Sunday morning, 7 to 9 on 104.9 The Horn or 24 365 at theoutdoorzone.com. You know to me it's all just common
0: sense, a broken rule, a consequence, you do your thing. Same money can't buy everything Well, maybe so But it can buy me a boat This is T. Roy listening to the outdoors. Dome Call me redneck, white trash, and blue collar But I could change all that if I had a couple million dollars and I keep hearing that money is the root of all evil And you can't fit a camel through the eye that's probably
2: true, but it still sounds pretty cool, cause it
0: could buy me a boat, right.
2: me a Welcome back It's the Outdoor Zone, live in the bunkhouse, Sunday morning, beautiful Sunday morning here in Austin, Texas, Sun Automotive. Each and every person at Sun Automotive works hard to demonstrate that they take pride in what they do. And they want to be the place you bring your vehicle any time it needs scheduled maintenance and repairs. Sun Auto Service has got locations all around Central Texas. The one we go to, our little family locations at 405 West Slaughter Lane. There's another one at 1300 Medical Parkway in Cedar Park. One at 1403 Rivery Boulevard in Georgetown. And the newest location way out on Lakeway at 1206. Ranch Road 620. Track them at sunautoservice.com or go on their Facebook. Do Facebook at Sun Auto Service as well. A lot of great stuff happening there. Now it's time for your Armed Citizen Report.
3: Today, legal firearm owners are protecting themselves and their families across the nation. These acts of courage and valor are seldom reported throughout the liberal media. The Outdoor Zone wants you to know the truth.
2: This is the Armed Citizens Report for the week. Being 70 at and home alone during a break-in might spell trouble. But a woman in Pennsylvania had one thing working in her favor. She owns a gun. When a man broke a window and climbed into her house early one morning, she was prepared. As she heard the intruder coming up the stairs, she grabbed the gun, one she had inherited from her mother. After he opened the door to her room, she fired multiple times, striking him at least once. The bullet only grazed his arm. It was enough to send him scurrying off. The suspect ran to a nearby car wash and called 9-11 to report being shot. Ah. He was taken for medical treatment and faces charges. A man woke to the sound of his front door being kicked in. After arming himself, he stepped outside to investigate and saw an intruder The trespasser immediately fired at the homeowner, who in return fired back, hitting the man. The intruder ran from the scene, collapsing a short distance away. Police arrived and took the trespasser to a local hospital. Charges were pending against the trespasser, as well as a juvenile accomplice who later turned himself in to police. No charges were expected to be filed against the homeowner, as it was deemed a self-defense situation. Of course. I love that stuff. You do not hear those reports online. Well,
1: that's that's that type of horror story, you know, coming from personal experience. You know, having somebody shoot at you, I guess, would definitely be...
3: That takes it to a whole
1: different yeah, level. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, you know, I didn't really want to pull that trigger, but I, in a situation like that, I just can't even imagine, you know, somebody fires an actual a loaded weapon at you. Oof.
2: Oof. Yeah. No, I I was talking to a, a, so your cousin is a police officer. Yeah. And I was talking to a guy recently who was a 10-year veteran of the fire department. He had been in four firefights, people shooting at him, four of them. Wow. And and man, it was, he has some issues with, you know, being able to manage that risky i mean and so you wonder about these pstds what ptsd ptsd and these guys because i know guys who've been over uh, overseas and who were in those situations where they're getting fired out they're having to fire back there yeah. and you don't get into those situations and not experience something and and you've got to be trained you've got to understand And in counseling and how it affects you. And I can't imagine, I can't imagine what the greatest generation had to suffer through because a lot of this stuff wasn't, they didn't know about it, man. They just turned to alcohol or they just, they just didn't, they just turned it off. Yeah. You know, you hear my grandpa never talked about that stuff. Well, that's why, because he had to turn it off. Watch Saving Private Ryan. Those guys lived through that stuff. It was real. Yeah. And they just turned it off. It's kind of weird, kind of weird and to say,
3: but I remember, this will be weird, people probably roll their eyes, but I remember uh, the first or second time that I went as a group uh, paintballing, I know it sounds really lame in comparison, but uh, climbing through the woods and camouflage and being shot at in different directions, was just paintballs, right? But I'm like eight years old. And I remember specifically that feeling and the thought that crossed my mind that people are hiding out there shooting at me or there's things being shot at that I don't know where they're coming from necessarily. And this wasn't one of those rapid fire try and shoot everybody real quick, you know. This is one of those big field games where like you're tromping through the woods you know, you're crawling under trees and through ditches and stuff like that, and you got people that are hidden and camouflage and Shooting back, and I remember thinking after that, and I was young, you know, very young, and I remember thinking that, my gosh, imagine if those were like you know because of my nervousness of that whole thing, my adrenaline just out of control almost at times, uh imagine if those being real bullets, how would you react and act? You know, coming at you,
1: and that's what, yeah, with with stories like this, gentleman, you know, and people firing a real gun at him in a, in a domestic situation, you right? Know, not, yeah, at that point in time, you know, it becomes really hard to to ever trust generally anybody around you in public again, because I mean, you just you have that innate fear of well, it's it's happened once, and you know it can happen so quickly again, so right? Oh man, I can't even imagine. I uh,
2: and well, that salt dog, and he's been through this personally, yeah, this ex- not ex- long ex- ago this
1: experience. Uh, well, yeah, I wasn't I wasn't shot at, but yeah, I did I did have a home invasion where uh, you know, unfortunately, and I do say unfortunately because you know, I never want to have to point another weapon at a human being again, but I mean, it it's something that happens and it definitely changes your mentality on the way you decide to defend yourself and your home and everything that kind of goes along with that. So I mean, I, I to an extent, I feel where this guy is coming from, uh, but like I said, I hope I never have to get into a situation where live ammunition is ever being, you know, fired in my direction, uh, or much less a weapon pointed at me.
2: Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I just don't understand how people who, um, who are just totally against firearms, don't understand that you are your first line of defense. You are right. And we're not talking, we're not talking about,
3: it's the whole never happened to me. And you're
2: not talking about, um, you're not talking about your kindly neighbor who comes over and helps you do stuff. You're talking about somebody who's looking to break into your house, hurt you, hurt your family. Right. And you know, that's what you're talking about. And a, a guy who would be totally against firearms or at least understanding them. Right. I mean,
3: you don't have to own them. You uh, don't have to but you, participate, but you, to understand, you, you the, should
2: understand them, and you yeah. should definitely have your son or your kids understand them because they are going to come in contact with them somewhere along this trail. They're going to be at a friend's house. They're going to be somewhere if you and if they don't understand them, right? Then they're going to they're not going to be in a place where they can make healthy choices on get out of there or what to do in that situation and and. Like NRA or not, they do an excellent job in uh, youth uh, training programs. On here's what you do in a situation when somebody comes comes around you, another kid pulls a gun out, of, uh, right. you're at a friend's out in a g- house and a gun comes out.
3: Well, it's the same thing with like the DARE program when it came out. Uh, educate, you know, I I remember thinking in school it came out when I was really young. And remember thinking, why are they bringing these? I mean, they had a case full of different drugs and what they look like, and but it's how to what they're called. Oh, and then they told us all the street names, and I'm like, at first was thinking, why are they teaching all of us these bad things? But it's so you recognize it, and it's for for what it is, so you know how to react or or come in contact. It's no different than. Uh, if if you don't have a firearm in the house, you still want your child to be understand what
2: a firearm is, absolutely and where it, where it is, what and, to do, because when they're at someone do. else's place, that's right. what you're talking about, right? And that's, anyway,
1: sorry to piggyback one more no, time no. off of that, but yeah, and that's uh, I you know I talking to a friend about this kind of situation the other day, and my situation in particular, you know, and he he used a terrible comparison by going, well, you know. I just don't know if I would ever be in that situation. I feel like it's like a lightning strike. you know, or It's like a shark attack. And I'm like, you don't get it. Home invasions and gun incidents are way more frequent than lightning <laughs> lightning strikes or, or shark attacks. Yeah. This is something that you will, I guarantee you, at one point in time you will encounter in your life. Whether you just come, like you just said, at a friend's house and you come across somebody with a gun. And or, you know, uh, I hope it never happens. But you're in a situation where somebody has a gun pointed at you or there is a home invasion. Or there is somebody trying to hurt you or take something from you. This will happen at least one point in time in your life. It's it's not inevitable, but it is very close to inevitable. So I feel like it's it's very unfair for people who justify the reasoning, you know, saying, oh, well, this is never going to happen to me. You don't know that. Yeah. And, you know, I was to an extent I was in that same boat. All oh, this will probably never happen to me. But when it did happen to me, I was luckily prepared enough to kind of ward off what was going
2: on. Well, I woke up. I woke up one morning at two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning. I live in a house, quiet neighborhood, dead end street, dead end street. They built some apartments behind us, and I woke up, and there was cops on underneath my carport and all in my backyard and everywhere and I walked outside and said, "What's going on?" and they said, "We need you to go inside, lock your doors. There was a home invasion in the apartment complex behind you, and those guys broke out of there. They got out, and they're in your yard. They're around here somewhere. We need to look for them. And they spent the next three or four hours, helicopters over, and teams of cops going through everything in our backyard, going through our backyard, going through. And they never found the guys, but very easily those guys could have kicked in our door. They did the home invasion. They're trying to hide out. They get into our house. I mean, it's... It is there. It is a reality. It happens. Bad people are out there, and if you don't know what to do in that situation, or if your kids aren't prepared to to do something where they've been taught what to do, right? Then um, they're not going to potentially make the right choices, good, healthy choices, and what to do in that situation. So we're for that's right. Don't react. Be proactive. Understand what to do. It's the Outdoor Zone Live in the Bunkhouse. We'll be back after this brief uh commercial break where the station makes a little bit of money. Um you find us here every Sunday morning, seven to nine or twenty-four seven three sixty-five at the outdoorzone dot com.
4: I'm Everstar Pro, Ron Sheffield, and I fish FLW. You're listening to The Outdoor Zone. Fish on.
2: Up
1: this morning before the sun. Fix me some coffee and a
0: honey bun.
2: All right, welcome back. It's The Outdoor Zone game game live in the, the bunkhouse. Ass, I'm
0: going out to catch a five-pound
2: You know, it's funny. Yeah, on that project with the Cabela's uh, doing the reintroduction of the lions, you were saying that <laughs> to get them from... Where they're getting them to the other place, they're having to put them on planes and trucks and stuff, and you're saying, man, I don't know if I'd want to be in an airplane.
3: Open cockpit airplane. like
2: With four lions. With
3: four lions tranquilized, or six. Six tranquilized. Full-size lions. Full-size tranquilized lions just laying on the floor of the airplane. Oh, completely open
2: to the captain <laughs> yeah and you're saying man what if one just yawned and yeah. had his claws out and just went <laughs> 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 he punched a hole in the side of the airplane hey uh Ugh. america's fastest growing sport is archery and there's only one real archery shop in central texas and that's archery country they have all the best brands matthews elite and hoyt they have full-time professional techs that can help you with every step of archery. They have all the gear, targets, arrows. They have crossbows, they have bow fishing stuff and they also have the uh archery uh hunting movie series coming up and uh it's on August 11th. That's right. And go to austinarcherycountry.com, austinarcherycountry.com for details on that. I'm I'm going to be out there this week getting my bow tuned up and getting everything set, getting another batch of arrows and um, so come by Archery Man, Country. It's you time. Buy, you buy arrows like I are I like buying them. I like them. I like shooting them. But I, I never sling see a lot of them. And a, I, I never
3: see that you have a lot of them, but you buy them all I the time. I sling them.
2: They go all over the place. I don't know what's <laughs> up with that. I just don't know. But anyway archery country they're they 're the only archery country uh, the archery shop around here, and they have the full size range they have lessons they have everything you need if you 're trying to find something for your key to kid your kid to key into try archery and they can walk you through that they're at eighty one twenty one research boulevard um, go to austin Country dot com austin archery country dot com and that's uh, that 's the best way to track them and find out uh, all that information for them. So uh, I'm going to figure out what kind of arrows you shoot. I'm buying stock in them this week. (laughs) You know, uh, dove season's coming up quick, and Uh I was looking, Pennsylvania, Middle Creek to hold limited dove hunting drawing. A drawing will be held in less than two weeks for 39 lucky hunters to hunt in the controlled access area of Pennsylvania Game Commission's Middle Creek Wildlife Management Area. Hunting will be by special permits, which is, which issued after Hunter is selected in a random drawing held August 15th. And I was thinking, man, are we so blessed? We are so blessed. We have dove hunting that uh, all over the place. You can go dove hunting all day long for 50 or 100 bucks. Yeah. And, you know, and then Texas Parks and Wildlife's done a great job in public lands where you can go dove hunt. And so, so many other places that's just, you know, restrictions and trying to figure out where to hunt. And I know that's a special preserve, but I got invited so I know much.
3: We lost our little opening day honey hole. Mm. And, Sad uh, face. Yes. Um, and I'm going to be fishing anyway. So it doesn't.
2: Yeah. And I'm going to be with or you. Or having a child. Or not. Yeah. Um, I'm really. I'm really hoping your wife has that baby early so I can just me go too. dove hunting.
3: Oh, <laughs> hey. that ain't right. you can going to make me do that drive and everything? It's all
2: right. It is all right. No, I'm going with you guys. No, you can stay back. It's all right. No, I'm going with you because I'm going to really, help No, really, you can stay back.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh,
3: no, but, uh, yeah, I got an invite, though, for the – whenever I get back, an invite to a dove hunt. It's supposed to be – Mexico esque,
2: with the I amount got a, of I have one too. So there oh, you do go. You? Yes. Who's that? Uh, you know, Mr. Ball. He's mm. taking me down there to the banker's oh, I place. I call him know. too. Yeah. <laughs> I know he likes you. I don't know why he likes you so. He always He's awesome. Hey, uh, we're buddies. So yesterday, I last night I spoke at a quincineta. Quinceanera. And that is when a Hispanic girl turns 15 and she goes from being a little girl to being a young woman. Right. And it was some old time friends and they asked me to speak. And, um, but the, that was
3: your first quinceanera, huh?
2: It was. And it was so good. <laughs> I don't know why you got Italian there. <laughs> <laughs> you caught that. Uh, but it was funny. Two things are so funny because I had to write this, you know, write something to say. And one of the things, so. Her, uh, her mom, uh, was from Canada and then, and her dad is from, is from a a Hispanic. Mexico uh, or? A a Hispanic, you know, descent.
3: South of Texas. South Uh, Texas.
2: South somewhere. I don't know where. But (laughs) anyway, so, you know, that, that was his family side was what influenced this, uh, coming out party. Right. And, uh, so I was like looking for things to say and, you know, what do you, You know, what do you say at something? What do I say? I'm just some, you know, I'm about as white, you know, Caucasian regular guy as you can get, Uh, fifth generation Texas. So I guess I got a little bit of blood in me somewhere there. But anyway, so I, I found out that in Canada, they have this ceremony and one day a year in Quebec, Canada, they do this thing where they have a cake and the family eats a cake and inside the cake is one hidden bean. And the lucky person finds the hidden bean. And I said, so and so I was speaking to her mom. I said, so that's a that's an amazing, uh, you know, interesting uh, celebration that you have in Canada. I said, now her dad has her dad's family side has this uh, uh, same kind of thing, only they call it frijole and they have it uh, and they have a but they have a whole lot more beans and they and they hide them in between tortillas oh my gosh <laughs> and her bro, her her uh stepbrother when he was very young uh your sister who was just on the show with this crush had a crush she was crushing on him oh yeah and he and I saw him at church one day and you know and I just went up to him and I said hey i got a gun and I'm not afraid to go back to prison.
3: No, you said I just got out of prison, and I'm not afraid to go back,
2: or something like that. Yeah, that's the old saying. And and so and but his mom from Canada didn't get it because they're not <laughs> they're non gun owners and all that crap. And I scared the bejeebers out of him. Yeah. And they were talking about it again yesterday. Oh my gosh. And uh, it was so funny, and because he was there, and I hadn't seen him since I ran him off. <laughs> and I looked. He was at like. Him
3: mom dad you so, invited that guy from prison
2: so i told i told that story while i was there and i, I looked at him and i said hey i think you're gonna hear that again one day <laughs> <laughs> that's not the only time you're gonna hear that but anyway it was fun being a part of that cultural experience and uh uh-huh. I, was, I was just totally blessed with it thank you jesus for that it was good it yeah was fun uh, that's cool But I'm ready to go dove hunting. I'm ready to go down to the coast and fish with Captain Gordon. I'm ready to get some deer hunting in. I'm ready to shoot my bow. I'm ready for all that stuff because it's that time of year. It's time to be ready.
3: Final countdown this month. We buy our new license here in just a couple weeks. And then we roll into. the Texas New Year, as I call it every year. The new year. The new year has begun when hunting season starts. And we're going to take
2: Salt Dog out with us and do some of this stuff this year. We're going to put the smack down on some stuff. This week's Bible
3: verse comes from John 15, 13. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. Live it, love it, learn it. I'm Cody Ryan. This week, uh, actually today, I'm going to roll over to church. Bada boom, bada bing. And uh say a few prayers, sing a couple songs, yada yada yada. <laughs> then and you're then you're gonna start uh, building a camper. And then a slide in truck camper for next year's tour season. And I'm gonna take some pictures. I probably won't show you the beginning stages because it you know, I don't wanna I don't wanna <laughs> hey, I don't want you to see what it looks like. like. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> I don't want to impress you all at once. But uh I will show some progress throughout that deal if it ends up looking like I've a got camper. a couple hundred bucks invested in this deal already, so it's I'm pretty committed. It's going to happen. I'm committed.
2: I'm going to have a camper of some sort. Hey, this week, folks, get a kid off the couch, take him for a walk in the park, show him the birds of the trees. Heck, take him hunting, take him fishing. We don't care what it is as long as you get him into the great outdoor zone. It's Sunday. Hey, go find a good Bible-based church out there somewhere and go give back a little thanks to the guy who created it all. And blesses us each and every day. Um, thank you, Lord, for this great show today and the time together with all these guys and gals listening to us on the show. Uh, if you want to start a hunting and fishing ministry in your church, go to kidsoutdoorzone.com. Or if you got a little boy and you want him involved in the outdoors, go to kidsoutdoorzone.com. Okay, that's it for us. Salt dog, thank you very much. Cody Ryan Beefsteak will be back in the house next week. All in one place, the outdoor zone. Regulators, let's just mount up, boys.